Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of us out there who are new to the show, those of us, those of you who are new to the show, welcome. And uh, I fucked that whole thing up. I really don't care. But regardless, for those of you that are coming back, feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda and coffee in the fridge. Cheers, Justin. I'm not too sure if you have anything to drink over there, but... uh, Salud. (laughs) What you got in that glass? It's a Bloody Mary. (laughs) Fuck yeah. So, for everyone out there that is not familiar with my guest, I am sitting here today with my friend remotely somewhere else in the world besides where I'm at. Justin Gizzy, make some noise for the internet. We've been uh we've been trying to set up a podcast together, me and Justin, for probably about a year or so, <laughs> if not longer. Um, you know, just trying to get the timing right, do it around one of his 25 bands releasing something. Uh but you know. A whole lot of nothing's happening now, so I hit up Justin, mm-hmm. and I said, hey, why don't we just do this now? We could always do a more official one later, but let's chat. How are you holding up? I'm uh, I'm quite well, thank you. How are you doing there? I'm good. I'm keeping pretty busy and staying as optimistic as possible. Good. You know, I feel... Anything- ca- I was gonna Is say, there anything going on at the record store? Mm, not really. No. Yeah. Like still shipping some mail order out, but that's not what makes the company money by any means. Sure. So mm-hmm. everything right now is just kind of staying afloat. Luckily, I spent the past year or so of my adult life trying to be an adult and Doing that whole, well, we should save money in case something happens sort of thing. Nicely done. I picked a good year to do that. (laughs) Good. Good. (laughs) So right now, uh, you know, it's not great. I would much rather be working and obviously playing shows and being out and about. But at least I've uh, got myself in sort of a, a comfortable position that I can do this and try to make the most of it. What have you been up to? Uh, I have been uh, I've been self isolating here. I uh, the bands haven't been well victims of contagion. Uh, the guys have gotten together at least two, maybe three times. They've been working up some new songs. Um, Molasses Barge. We haven't been getting together. Our our drummers, you know, not not on death's door or anything, but he's got some health issues that would make him more at risk for this virus. So, so we're laying low and, uh, Earns hasn't been rehearsing, but we do have a new recording in the can, uh, about maybe 90% of the way with the mixing and everything just needs a few, a little, little bit of fine tuning and, uh, that'll be done, but they haven't been getting together either. So I visited my folks a few times, cut the grass, uh, been to the grocery store a few times. Other than that, I've been I've been hanging in for the most part. Yeah. 
catching up yeah. on any any stuff around the house? You change any light bulbs? Clean any floors? I have accumulated a lot of stuff over the years. I haven't thrown a lot of things away. I'm not I'm not a hoarder, but I have probably six or seven storage bins and they're all full of the same things. There's it's mostly media, CDs, cassettes, vinyl, DVDs, VHS, magazines, things like this. And but there's a little bit of everything in every single one of them. So what I've been doing is is just putting all the CDs in one, all the VHS in another, and, and so on and so forth. I've taken my sweet old time with it, but getting everything organized and condensed a little bit around here. So you find any gems? Um as a matter of fact, here you'll get a kick. Yeah, this. Let's see it. Let's, let's see it. the gems. Yeah. <laughs> mint condition you know what's so funny is that sticker that sticker's actually from before i was in the band oh really yeah because i would have when never in my goddamn life let them put those words on a sticker <laughs> oh golly yeah it's so <laughs> abrasive it's so abrasive and uh yeah, that's just not my style, never was. But uh when yeah, regardless. Jo- I'm sorry? When did you jo- when did you join Ascendant Hall? Uh, man, I guess that would have been probably around two thousand eight or two thousand nine. I don't okay. th- I don't think that they could have been playing more than a year or so before me joining the band. Uh but yeah, I was I was the second vocalist in the band. Shout outs to to Jake. Uh, he's probably not watching, but Jake's a good a good friend of ours. He still comes out to a lot of the Gray Walker shows and stuff, but he was the original vocalist. Uh, Jake Samory. Did he play guitar too? You know, Same guy? no, I, I know Jake does play guitar. I don't know if he played guitar in Ascend the Fallen. Then I saw them play one show before I was in the band and he was just doing vocals. He wasn't. Um, was- was there another Jake in the band that played guitar? No, uh, Colt, who plays bass in Greywalker, actually played guitar, mm-hmm. and then our other buddy Dex was lead guitar. I'm wondering if it's the same Jake that I knew it was from like North Huntingdon. He lived. Yeah, I think he's from out that way. Okay, it's the same. I didn't realize he did vocals. I mean, it could be a different. It could be a different Jake. Jake's a fairly common no, name. No, it must be the same. <laughs> No, it must be the same guy because when when I was in Scorched, we played a show with the Sun the Fallen. It was uh, at some little storefront over in Glassport. Okay, and, and he was there, and I hadn't seen him in five or six years. He was he was a neighbor of a, a friend of mine, and that was how I'd, I'd gotten to know him. And uh, I actually didn't even recognize him, but he came up, and I I thought he played guitar that day, but maybe he did the vocals you know, or you know. Dude, he, Maybe very, he just came to see the show. I don't. I don't. He remember. very well may have. I because I didn't play any shows. And I remember that venue in Glassport. I didn't play there with the Sun the Fallen. In oh. the time frame that that venue existed, I definitely wasn't in the band yet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But you know, talking about bands, you got your hands oh. full these days. We oh. mentioned Victims of Contagion, who recently released a new song online with a very colorful album artwork it certainly was 
It's good. <laughs> it sounds great. It is. It is nice. It was very pinkish. I thought yeah. it was uh, for Breast Cancer Awareness Month or something. It was very uh, neon pink and green. I mean, it, it does look really nice. It's very yeah. The artwork's standing. The track sounds really, really funny. I uh, not funny, but good. I I was listening to it and I thought it was really funny because uh, I just kept on yelling like nobody cares that you could play guitar, Chuck. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> get on with the song there's like that there's like there's like that bridge part that yeah there's like that like you know a metallica-esque bridge where it cuts to like the kind of clean and then there's some noodly guitar shit i'm just like shut up chuck <laughs> but no it sounded good yeah. it's it's maddening chuck's your neighbor don't you you live yeah yeah yeah. Chuck? yeah he lives about five minutes away from us up the hill yeah okay Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought you were in the same vicinity over there. I mean, yeah, super, super close. He's mm-hmm. in, uh, what was that? That's uh, Mount Mount Troy, and we're in Troy Hill. Troy Hill. Yeah. Oh, he's so Mount Troy. He, Mount Troy, I guess that's what that is up there. It's like another hill up. It's funny because like if, you, <laughs> if you're on uh, you know, 28, you take Rialto up to Troy Hill, and then there's another mm-hmm. hill to get up to his place. Okay, yeah. I don't think I've gone that way to his place. I think yeah. I went through millvale or something because the traffic was so bad totally. in yeah. the afternoon so i can't came around the other way so victims of contagion which technical death metal we'll call it yeah playing certainly molasses barge right. which is a little bit more uh mature yeah yeah we actually i just canceled our our cd release show it was supposed to be on may 2nd uh it's heartbreaking and yeah, there hadn't been any official word from the state if they were extending uh, the stay-at-home, you know, order. Uh, but I had a feeling it was coming. I know that the it seems like the new cases of the virus are 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 coming down, or at least the volume isn't as high. But there's still new cases every day, so I figured it was a safe bet. And we haven't rehearsed, anyways. So. Uh, Today they announced that they were extending it till till the eighth. So it it would have you know we would have had to have canceled it anyways. The the venue wouldn't have been open. So so yeah, the album came out last week, week week and a half ago, and uh, yeah, not the most ideal time right now. So, but it is what it is. We're happy it's out and and uh, it's it's out there for people to uh, download or stream or whatever they want to do with it. So. I will say this, though. It's probably an optimal time for a band full of members that may not be particularly fluent in the art of social media promotion. Because you're all older Mm -hmm. guys. You're not young kids on the TikToks and the Snapchats. So Right. I didn't even know. it. Actually, I'm still not quite sure what TikTok (laughs) is. I've been seeing it, though. I know it exists. There's... I feel like there's a really cool opportunity for you guys now to maybe really step up that social media game since you got nothing else to do and help get the word it out about be, the album. It could be. I've actually been. I mean, there's no good time for something like this to happen, really. But I was really getting towards the end of last year, getting really burned out, like uh, in in need of a break. But had to prep for the um, Ernst recording. We recorded at the end of january um and i was kind of looking towards we had some shows booked 
Victims had a few shows booked and they all got canceled. But I was looking forward towards for those to kind of get me, you know, back in the swing again. But now that everything got canceled, I'm I'm enjoying the break. To be honest with you, I I needed a bit of a reset. You know, I was just getting really burned out. Had a lot going on, personal stuff I don't really want to get into, but just some very draining, taxing stuff the last couple of years. So and just it's just been a good. I'm taking advantage of of the break right now. I agree with you 100%. I've been telling people that, I mean, aside from it being a good time to get your social media up on a more uh, Mm -hmm. personal, serious level, it's actually a great time to reevaluate your priorities and figure out what you really, uh, what's really important. You know, that whole, you don't know what you got till it's gone sort of thing. Uh You know, now that we've all been, stuck in the house for about a month and it's going to probably be closer to two or three who knows uh fucking really get really start to figure out like oh fuck i can't wait to do that again and then stuff like wow i haven't done that in a while and i could not care less that i haven't (laughs) i'm definitely missing people for sure i i've always been fairly reserved i'm not the most outgoing person but i've always had jobs where i've been working with the public and um bartending waiting tables working in clubs and um some retail for the past five and a half years i've been uh a ride-sharing driver so between that and you know rehearsals i'm interacting with people all week long so Anytime I could get like just a day or two to like not have to talk to anybody and just like have time to myself, like is great, but this is definitely overkill at this point. But uh, from what I saw today, it's they're extending the stay at home thing until May 8th. And, yeah. you know, hopefully we're getting closer to being in the clear here. So yeah. I'm, th- I'm, I'm staying optimistic. Too. This will probably be going up sometime around then. So we'll, uh, who knows, who knows what has happened since we've recorded this. Everything is so wild. Uh, you know, normally I record episodes and they don't go up for like a month or so, but I'm being better about that now. This is probably going to be a lot. Try to do a quicker turnaround because obviously it's almost impossible to not talk about current things with Mm -hmm. just how insanely, uh, invasive it is to everybody's life right now but i was (laughs) i was thinking about something kind of funny you were talking about you're not you know the most air quote outgoing person but you know you're around and you're in the world you're in the mix of things not not a Mm -hmm. super not a super loud forefront person but undoubtedly an important part to the mix of life it's like you're almost a bass player even when you're not playing bass (laughs) yeah there's some truth to that (laughs) (laughs) so the only thing that we haven't touched on also is urns which is the third band that you play in and i've Mm -hmm. I've had a couple of your homeboys on the show already so Mm -hmm. people that watch the show should should be familiar with urns and the chances are if you're watching the two of us chop it up right now you probably already know me or justin or them anyways you're part of this Mm -hmm. whole pittsburgh music scene thing Mm -hmm. yeah urns um we recorded a full length at the end of january 
uh, well, seven songs. We may throw on uh, a cover song that we recorded the last time we did our last album. Um, but yeah, it's very close to being done. I'm very happy with it. The guys, Mitch and, and Mike, worked up some some really cool songs. And um, it's about, I think, a, probably like 90% done. Just, yeah. you know, a, a few notes on, on each song and, and maybe some, some vocal touch-ups on, on my end. And, and then they'll be off to get mastered. And, you know, we had a show we were supposed to play um, March 27th, I think it was. It was a Black Seed shows one of shy's shows it was actually um related to the descendants of crom fest it was sort of a pre fest type thing um she hates when i say fest I <laughs> you can edit that out later i'm not but, going uh, to yeah <laughs> she's gonna have to deal with it but uh yeah i'll just hear it later <laughs> uh but yeah, I was looking forward to that because we were going to play all these new songs. Most of them we hadn't played live, or maybe a couple of them we had, but we were probably going to play mostly all new stuff. So I was really looking forward to it. So um, that was right when this pretty much hit and uh, all the, the venues had to close down. Yeah. So, But hopefully we'll be able to pick things up soon enough and things get relatively back to normal. Right. How about Greywalker? With, with what's going on with y'all? fuck man like we're supposed to go into the studio with shane at cerebral audio to record ah. in june and i'm stoked on that because that dude is a psychopath and he records really good heavy music that new <laughs> post-mortal stuff sounds bonkers mm -hmm. yeah it sounds Shane's really good he's, so, he's great to work with he's got the right temperament for an yeah. engineer so we're uh, you're looking forward to so it, but I good. have no idea what's going to happen because we haven't been rehearsing. So mm -hmm. the whole thing, like this time period that we're in right now, uh, pre-lockdown, we had planned to record pre-production for the entire record and like really like lock everything in so we could go to Shane, like knowing like this is what it's going to be. These are our tempo changes this is the order of everything this really organized but we can't do that right now and i don't want to go into the studio with stuff that's under rehearsed and unprepared so it's looking pretty likely unless things really really turn around quick and we all you know mm -hmm. have this still because like even once we are able to get back to some sort of normalcy there's going to be a ton of scrambling and catching up and things that people need to do so even once we can be in the same room with each other. It's probably going to be a while before we can get back to practicing regularly or even playing shows. Like who the fuck's going to be comfortable going to a venue even when they can go outside. So I'm really <laughs> concerned about it. I feel like, you know, the music industry was one of the first things to go when this all happened. And it's going to be one of the mm -hmm. last things to return. Yeah. Yeah. That seems likely to um, certainly, especially the larger scale venues and and i saw that there was some talk of um the nfl season maybe not happening next year and i mean that's tens of thousands of people every week that go yeah. to those games so it's i mean it's understandable i just uh i don't know i i i felt right away that i mean it, it's pretty obvious it was going to get worse before it got got better um 
yeah, it's it's tough to tell right now exactly where things are going to end up. It's 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 kind of unprecedented for for our, our lifetime, at least. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm just rolling with it. I got enough to keep me busy, and I mean, we with Sykes and a New Violence, we're still recording. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been doing like one-on-one sessions here, so it's like you know, one day Evan will come over. One day Justin comes over, one day Mandy comes over. We haven't like actually rehearsed in the same room together, but we're getting through this record. We're going to be putting out a new song next week. By the time this goes up, the new song will be out. So that's fun. I've actually spent mm-hmm. a chunk of my morning looking up, uh, you know, the proper ways to like suggested ways to release uh alternative hip hop song in 2020 and like who you should send stuff to and different uh, influencers and things. Not that I give that much of a shit. It's just like, well, if I have the extra time to research this, why not? So uh, I'm going to you know, spend a couple extra days, try to send some stuff. Maybe it'll get on a playlist. I don't know. And then people will like us on the <laughs> internet. That'd be cool. Give it a whirl. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's always... Definitely. It's fun to expand that your knowledge and your reach because especially with something having a project that has the potential to maybe be a little bit more uh commercially marketable than gray walker is just because it's not fucking yelling the whole time <laughs> right no i feel you yeah with everything that you've done over the course of your life you've been in mm-hmm. a lot of bands consistently active always in multiple projects it seems mm-hmm. i have one question sure why well <laughs> I, I have a problem i think it's just uh for as long as i could remember um i don't know if there's ever been like a good song i heard or a good band i saw play where like i didn't want to be in the band or <laughs> or playing that song or whatever it was. It's like to this day, like your band, whatever the next band I go see, like, I'll be like, well, I'd like to play along with them, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I just, uh, so I, there was a, there was also, I mean, that, that's how I've been like the past 15 years or so, but there was periods like in my twenties where I was only, you know, I was in a band for a short period of time here and a short period of time there. And I was working more and working more towards career type stuff and, and not particularly happy doing it, you know? So when I was about 30 from, from 25 to 30, I was, I, I lived in South Carolina for a few years and then I um, just went down subsequent summers to work so i was kind of living there part-time and so i i wasn't really playing much at all during that period then when i was about 30 and it was kind of planting my feet back here again excuse me that was whenever i i don't know maybe i was trying to catch up or something i I don't know but i just (laughs) uh and i there was a period there too where i I didn't, I, I was less willing to sort of branch out. I, I was more 
focused on just trying to play with you know guys I already knew and people I'd already been in bands with before. And I remember a, a friend of mine who actually played in Molasses Barge for a while, but we'd been in some bands when we were a little younger. And he was telling me, he's like, you know, if you keep waiting for these like perfect scenarios to materialize, like it's what you're looking for is never, it's not going to happen. And uh, another friend would always say, you know, you got to, we would get together and like play acoustic stuff and, and get, you know, bombed and just, you know, kind of have fun with it. And uh, he would say, you know, you got to put yourself out there more. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I tell them both, but then eventually once I finally, I don't know, kind of just let go of whatever that was and, and uh, was more willing to um, just kind of play with anyone who, who would let me, uh, then this whole other world opened up for me. And then, and like you said, yeah, it's been multiple bands. And I think that's another thing of why I was just kind of getting a little burned out. It just, uh, I, I can only think of, uh, off the top of my head, I can only think of maybe like a combined six months where I was only in one band. <laughs> so, and even though it's like, I'm not a touring musician, don't spend time on the road or anything like that. It's still a lot of work to put into and you know, to, to each band. And I, I think the, what makes it the easiest is that I don't have to write for all of them. And, uh, you know, some, uh, they're not in, in times when maybe I was in like more than three bands at a time, they, they weren't all going full bore at yeah. the same time. One, one might be down a member, or maybe one's just writing. Another one is gigging out pretty steadily and doing everything. So it was always manageable. It's cool because over the years that I've, gotten to know you and see you around it's easy to tell that you're somebody that really gives a shit and you have a passion for this uh Mm -hmm. i don't think that you would continue to do it if you didn't because as you said it's a lot of work dragging Mm -hmm. gear around the city to play to like 30 people if you're lucky on a tuesday Mm-hmm. And the other thing, too, oh, yeah. is I feel like I've probably seen you at more shows that you weren't playing than shows that where one of your bands was playing. Like, I, you're just around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I enjoy taking in other bands, and it's, it's a reciprocity thing. You know, I go see... There are people who come and see my bands play. You know, I, I go to see them, and um, it's... It, it seems like the musicians tend to keep each other going here, you know, with it being such a sports dominated town. Um, yeah, there are music fans who come out and go to the shows and, and, and all that, of course. But, you know, a lot of the shows that I go to, I mean, when I look around, I know it's a lot of people who are also in bands that are, are there. And I think that there's, um, I mean, I guess there's always bands within each genre here in Pittsburgh that um, you kind of need to have uh, I don't think beacons the right word but like you know bands that other people can look to and kind of support and, and help give a little bit of a push to that are, are bands that can actually go out do this a little more full-time get on bigger festivals out of town and, and, and do some touring and things like that, whether it's a, 
Lady Beast would probably be a good example or um, Carousel, I think, who aren't, aren't around anymore. Yeah. But at that time, we're, we're one of those bands. And I think it it helps to have like somebody that you can kind of push out to the front and say, you know, like this is this is someone that we're all behind and it's somebody that you all want to see, you know, do well. And because and, I think it reflects on the rest of the city. Absolutely. So did you grow up in Pittsburgh? I grew up in North Huntington where where Jake was from. So just half hour east of the city. Um, Lived in and around the city for a good while. I've lived in Forest Hills for about the past five years here now, but it was in Lawrenceville before that. Lived up in Arlington for a long while. Lived in Penn Hills for a little bit. Lived in Carrick. So been around a bit. Yeah, I like Forest Hills. Yeah, it's it's convenient. My folks still live in North Huntingdon, so it's just they're fifteen twenty minutes up the road, mm-hmm. and I'm right by the right by the Parkway ramp, so I get downtown and you know ten twelve minutes yeah. when there isn't much traffic. When you get to the rehearsal space, when you yeah. originally moved to Pittsburgh, was it for music? Were you like playing in bands and stuff, or were you just trying to find something cool? Uh, it was that was part of it. Um, I think well, Carrick was the first place I lived in the city. I was Oof. working at Heinz Field as well at the time, so wanted to be a little closer to work, so it was a, a easier commute as well. But was also rehearsing with a band at, the, at ABC up, up above the south side there in um, Allentown. So it, it was I feel right like, up the road from there as well. Is it safe to say that that's probably the place you've lived the longest out of anywhere abc <laughs> i think um since 2005 i've had a had a room or, or rehearsed in a room there other than <laughs> maybe for a year or two somewhere in there yeah i still have a room there i kind of sublet it to some guys that I was in a band with before that have something else now. And I've just held on to it in case I need a smaller room someday. I have urns, molasses barge and victims of contagion all rehearse in the same room. It's over McKee's rocks at that ABC. The fellow who owns it, uh, sold the one up in Allentown and put money into the second floor of the McKee's rocks one and built all new rooms there. Oh, wow. So, I have a big 22 by 20 foot room. We're the first people in it. It's it's new. It's clean. It's <laughs> air conditioning and, and no heating. It's, it, yeah. So after all those years of, of, of being in the, in the trenches at the other ABC, it's, it's nice to be at this place. There's no steps. It's uh it's, and it's convenient. It's a, it's an easy drive for me. I hop right on the parkway yeah. and no stopping until you get to the McKees rocks bridge. So it's, it, it's nice. Hell yeah. Now, mm-hmm. in terms of playing in bands, have you always played in like rock, metal? Was that always your thing? Um, for the most part, I played in uh, a couple indie rock things as well. Um, yeah, for the most part, primarily metal. I started off playing punk. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it has been mostly metal. Yeah, mostly metal stuff. But I like everything. I mean, I'm really uh, like victims of contagion. I 
I I really struggle with that band because <laughs> I'm not I'm I can play technical stuff, but I'm not technically sound at all. Well, I'm I, much more of a feel player, especially on bass. So uh, like R and B is is much more a natural thing to me. So I think the other thing too is with something like Victims of Contagion, if you're not the songwriter, not only do you have to learn what somebody else is playing, you have to like understand the you have to learn the nuance. And sometimes learning mm-hmm. the nuance is so much harder than just learning the part. It'd be the oh, equivalent definitely. of me just saying like, hey, memorize this thing. Doobity bow, boo, boo, doo, boo, bow. And you're like, repeat that. And you'd be like, it might be off. And I'm like, a doobity bow, boo, boo, bow. And like, you're like, you can't get it in your head. Like, it's okay for me because I came up with it. So it's already implanted. But now I'm trying to yeah. get you to learn this weird rhythm part thing. And like, I don't know. It happens with me even with like really, really simple things sometimes when I'm working on stuff. Like even with like sex and new violence stuff, it can be a more simple rhythm. And I'm like, this is what I'm hearing in my head. Somebody else doesn't quite hear it, but it's just because I it's I, I came up with it. So I get it. Sure. Yeah. No, I feel you. <laughs> um there were some bands I'm 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 I fall really short of the mark. Like I, I can't read music. I don't have a trained ear. I can't listen to something and then just learn it like that. But if you play something in in front of me, I can generally pick it up and play it back. If I watch you play it once or twice. So that that's kind of been what's, what's saved me basically. And even scorched was like that liquefied guts was maybe probably a little more, intense to learn um but the victim stuff i actually have tony uh zello our guitar player he'll record a video of himself and upload it to youtube and i'll i'll watch it at half speed that's how i learned the victims of contagion songs hell yeah yeah because i I just i can't process it it's just so it's so nuts and uh yeah utilize that technology i love it i do do yeah that rules with it works with all of the stuff that's going on now Mm -hmm. are you taking any time to maybe practice you playing by yourself you rehearsing getting your chops up no, I actually have. Uh, I just I told the victims guys this uh, a couple of weeks ago, or just very recently because they were talking about getting together. Mike was really going stir crazy. I said, you know, I'm I'm really enjoying the break, and I'm I'm not quite reset yet. Like I'll I'll pick up my guitar or my bass, um, but I don't play for very long. You know, yeah. I'm just kind of yeah, I'm, I'm I'm okay with with having the, the You're break. Taking a right break. Now. Mm-hmm. I like it. I I was kind of I feel a bit hypocritical saying this because I've definitely taken my free time to do so, like, pretty consistent keeping up with podcasts and other little videos and recording and stuff like that but I also feel that there was a lot of people that have just been doing, you know, live streams for the sake of doing it and all of these things it just feels like way too much like it's okay to do nothing. Yeah. I mean like I feel like yeah, if, early I was gonna say, I feel like if you're gonna like take the, like put something together that's cool and put it out there, but also I don't know, like who the fuck am I to tell people how to spend their free time? I'm just gonna shut up. 
You know what? Ernst had talked. We were going to, whenever that show got canceled, we were going to have the other bands come to our practice space and just do a stream like that. Rick, our drummer, knows somebody who's pretty handy with audio and, and video uh, recording. So we were going to do that. But uh, the other bands weren't too into it. And then I, when I thought about it, I was like, you know, maybe we shouldn't because, you know, you know, the other guys were still interacting with a lot of other people. And my, my main concern with this virus was, wasn't even with myself. It was more like getting it, not knowing I have it, giving it to my parents or something like that who are in good health, but they're, they're older. And, and I just sure. wouldn't want to take chances like that. So I was in the kitchen in here and I, I, I like to cook. I always cook for myself and I usually have R and B playing. I usually play like, the Motown station on Pandora okay. or something right. like that. Right. I take everything. I take everything back that I said a couple minutes ago. I want the Justin Gizzy cooking live stream with the R and B You know, playing. I was going. To... <laughs> I I think the, the everybody spin... wants it. <laughs> no, I don't. Think it. Uh, I'd want the spinners. The spinners came on um, the song called "Games People Play," and I, I love singing it because there's like. There's at least three different voices. They're multi-vocalist band. Yeah. And uh, and I, I can kind of hit all, all three of them, even the woman's. There's like a real deep voice and the guy sings the lead and there's like a woman's voice that comes in for a line. I was like, I should stream this and upload it just so people can, you know, laugh at me or whatever. And then I realized, well, people are probably sick of this by now. Because, yeah, it's, you know, when, when, I, when I scroll through my feed and I, and I watch them all and I get a kick out of them, but I was like, uh, you know, I don't want to make people are going to unfollow me when they see this or something. Yeah. So, it's, so I'm bothered. Yeah. It, it could be hard too much, too much content can be difficult, but it's also like, well, people do want to see you having fun. People do want to connect with everybody. And I just think oh. that, I'm a little bit too behind the curtain sometimes and my brain operates maybe not the way that a normal person would, you know, like somebody might see like, Oh, Jeff's doing a live stream of him. Just fucking with guitar pedals. This is cool. I see it. And I'm just like, you're wasting everybody's time. Nobody cares, but I'm just being an asshole. I'm just being an asshole. So I need, I need to put my, I need to, you know, chickety check myself. I'm out yeah, here like posting videos about it. potato chips as if I'm some fucking bastion of high art when it comes to fucking <laughs> social media, you know, like uh, mm. it's important to be self-aware, I guess. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. So as- aside from that, ascend the fallen sticker. Did you come across anything else funny in your uh, hunt? Um. Nothing too off the wall, but uh, it was like I could tell like within the bins there were you know some old shoe boxes that had other stuff, you know little handbills and little uh, you know CDRs that bands gave me of you know not their yeah. official recording yet or whatever, but like whatever it was, and I could kind of tell you know by the things that were in there like what year it was it was like okay like there's a fly i was in this band at this time and was going to this venue a lot or 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 whatever and i'm i'm fairly sentimental and nostalgic i i enjoy you know going through the back pages like that once in a while it's kind of neat to see uh 
what you were doing and you know what was going on at that time so yeah nothing to you know nothing that really jumps out but just a lot of a lot of cool you know memories were you know coming back i have storage bins in my basement probably not too dissimilar from yours but it's mostly just mm-hmm. band shirts and like a lot of them are local band shirts from probably the past 15 years and there's so many sick shirts but none of them fit me it's like when the fuck oh, was no. i a medium <laughs> how i it's like i can't even believe it it's so weird because i can look at pictures of me from back then and my head doesn't look and i don't look any different but somehow i have just like Everything is evenly expanded somehow. It's like this my scale has just increased somehow. I don't fucking know. I, I don't I don't understand biology enough to understand how it works. I mean, obviously I, IPAs happened and that probably helped, but aside from that That seems like it. <laughs> I um I actually didn't realize that that you had that you were in Ascend the Fallen. Um I I don't know when it was. It might have been back around the New Year, Christmas or something. I had some downtime or just bored or whatever, and I was I was looking through my MySpace page, and I came across the Ascent and the Fallen uh, MySpace, and I was like, oh, you know, Ascent and the Fallen. You know, I remember those guys, and I you know I clicked on the on the profile, and I was like, is that Brian? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you you weren't shaving your head at the time. Uh-huh. So yeah, like, no, I still had oh, hair back then. Yeah, I was like, well, that is Brian. Like, I didn't realize it. And then as luck would have it, I found that sticker. I actually have, I'm pretty sure I have an Ascend the Fallen t-shirt, too. I've got, you know, a hundred. Hell yeah. <laughs> band t-shirts. I only wear, you know, five or six of them. But yeah, I I, don't, I, did, I definitely have one in there. Ascend the Fallen was like the first, uh, I guess, actual metal band I was in that played shows. I had a band in high school. We tried to do that was like very like our main influence was probably like Pig Destroyer. It was real. It was real sick. It was really, really cool. But we never played any shows. It was just like a garage thing. And it just never we didn't fucking know anybody. Mm -hmm. Tell me this. Was it did you have a similar situation as I did? Because I'm a little bit younger than you, but I'm still I'm in my mid 30s. And at the time in high school, there was like one band. And they weren't, uh, there was one pop punk band in my high school. That was it. There was like no metal bands or anything. And like, I didn't really know there was no, the local music scene existed, but I was just disconnected from it. I went to high school at Woodland Hills and there just wasn't a local, it was funny. It seemed like there was more local bands when I was like younger. Cause there was like the Swissville fire hall and stuff when I was like in middle school. But then when I was in high school, there was like no local scene except for my one friends that had a pop punk band. Was there a lot of bands when you were in high school? It, yes, th- there actually was. I I grew up in North Huntingdon. Huntingdon. I went to uh, Norwin, and there were. I grew up down the street from a guy named Bill Turney, who was a, a wild man, and he he was in eviction. Their names nice. been around a lot lately because yeah, they yeah. were going to do a, a reunion show. And they've had some of their old albums reissued. And then he was in another band called uh, Travesty, who, were, who I actually ended up playing with um, some years later. Um, they were very active. Bill was the only one from the area, but 
you know, they were, they were somewhat, you know, known in, in that area. There was also a band called Sinister who were around late eighties through the early nineties. And, um, there else was around back then. There were quite a few. Bands. There was, um, some of the guys who were in Os Rotten, they had a band before that. And th- those guys were from, from the Irwin huh. North Huntington area as well. Um, and all those bands for the most part played in the city as well. And that was the days of the doom watch and half life and, uh, travesty. There was a pretty rich punk and metal scene. It, yeah. Seemingly at that time. Now that was a little, I was like 13 when I was coming into all of that. So I didn't really get to a lot of shows in the city myself, um, until later, Um, But did, you know, get to go to places like the Banana, played a show at the Electric Banana. um, And um, but at at my high school in particular, um, for for my grade, there were like probably a dozen and a half guys that played guitar. Two bass players and like two drummers. Yeah. and then the whole, and the whole thing. Yeah, so there were, as far as bands, there weren't a, a ton of bands, there, but there okay. were a handful. And they yeah. were pretty good. Yeah, I knew kids that played, but the only there was only one band that actually played shows that uh, mm-hmm. I was in high school with. But I and like I had you know my little thing that I was trying to do, and uh, some other people that I knew were trying to do stuff, and nobody just ever played shows. I guess it was just a a school thing because. I mean, less than 10 years after I graduated, there was a ton of kids that I knew that were coming from that area, the Forest Hills, uh-huh. Churchill, mm-hmm. Edgewood, all that. Because uh, I still Where did I, you I, grow up. I, I grew up. Well, so I grew up in Wilkinsburg, ended up moving to Regent Square, then eventually lived in Swissvale. So just kind of like moved up South Braddock Avenue, <laughs> basically. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. So. Primarily Swiss Fail Wilkinsburg were like the two because uh my parents were split. It's funny, like my my parents had me when they were super, super young. Like, you know, my mom was like mm-hmm. 17, my dad was maybe like 18. And my dad was actually an eviction fan, which was so like oh, I, wow. I grew up like my dad's a huge metalhead, so I grew up like going to Ides and like knowing who the eviction guys were and stuff. I just had Todd Porter on the podcast recently. And uh, I saw that. Yeah, I didn't watch that one yet, but I I saw that he was on. It's really funny because his son, Derek, when I lived in Forest Hills, I lived down Mm -hmm. the street from his son, Derek, who had like a fucking post hardcore band about a decade ago called Macyon. And he was the singer of that band. And it was so funny because I never knew that his dad was Todd from Eviction. And then whenever those dots finally connected, my brain was like, what the fuck? Like, just like super small (laughs) world. It was really, really silly. The very first show I ever went to um, when I was 13, it was Eviction was playing. It was at the Eden Park Roller Rink in (laughs) McKeesport. It was like fall of 1987. Yeah. It It was a really good (laughs) <laughs> to my ears they were a really good punk band if i went back and listen now I, I don't know i think i still have their demo actually they were called conniption 
they had some heavy catchy numbers and uh eviction played and i swear i i just i looked through the whole uh necropolis has a website now and uh they had their entire show listing and i swear they played this show but they didn't have it listed on there and i, I talked to their singer online a little bit about it and he didn't remember but maybe it could have been something where they got added at the last minute somebody dropped off they hopped on and just 30 odd years ago it's a blur i'm sure but yeah and a band, a band called speed kill played were really good and um I actually still listen. I have it on my MP3 player. I still listen to that demo once in a while. They were very um, kind of a cross between like Merciful Fate and uh, like Grim Reaper, like that <laughs> that kind of sound. Did they have a, Wait, did they have as a, a bold vocalist? We'll say. Uh, yes. Yeah, he had <laughs> pretty strong, pretty strong falsetto and uh, a pretty good singing voice. Good twin guitars shredding solos but the drummer and bass player tore it up as well they were they were really good but i don't think from what i recall and I, i'm still in contact with the one guitar player uh they i don't think they played the city a whole lot so they weren't like you know scene darlings like some of the you know sure. some of the other bands that are remembered with a, a bit more reverence uh, but they were really good you know that's, really good band. That's something, but yeah, fiction. That was the first first show I went to. That's something that I'm always really fascinated to learn about in terms of just the history of the Pittsburgh <laughs> metal scene. Because you hear <laughs> a lot about punk and hardcore, and sometimes the metal gets sprinkled in, but I feel like a lot of it gets overshadowed. Uh huh. And it's yeah, so it's how. I was say, it's just cool to be able to talk to people that were around in some capacity in like the earlier days and remember bands like a speed kill because I've never fucking heard a speed kill, but I want to hear them. <laughs> you got to send me those yeah. MP3s. Yeah, I'll turn you on to it for sure. Uh, um, geez, what was I going to say? That's um, uh, not important. It'll come back to me. Oh, we were just <laughs> talking about how like punk and hardcore really overshadowed oh, the local medicine. yeah i was gonna say that the, the punk was always the punk scene was always seemingly a constant here there was always certain bands that were sort of carrying the torch and and that scene has just seemingly always been the strongest here even i mean there were definitely years where i, I wasn't really paying as much attention or going out to as many shows but it seems like the the punk has always been there it always will be there kind of thing. I remember whenever there was a handful of years ago, some people started boycotting the 31st street pub mm. and uh, we molasses barge kind of got caught in the middle of that a little bit because one of our, our members was also uh, more on, uh, on the cross punk side and, you know, some of his people, you know, they weren't, they weren't down playing there anymore. So he kind of, he was, he was with, more with that but especially at that particular time there weren't a ton of and there still aren't a lot of doom metal and, and stoner rock shows coming through so uh it was you know we we didn't we didn't really have the luxury of passing on shows like that you know like there, there weren't many other bands to even it was just kind of us and this other another band called vulture who would play those shows and i remember 
you know, we were going back and forth about it. And I was like, there's 500 punk shows here a year, you know, <laughs> like, you know, you, you, you know, you skip one, you'll get to play the next one. Like we didn't really have that luxury. So we kept, we actually didn't play there that times after that whole thing started, but yeah, yeah it just seems like, so we'll never will run out of punk shows here or punk venues. A place gets closed down. They spring up another DIY place that nobody knows about, and you got to email them, call somebody to find out where it is. Mm-hmm. Like the punk, the punk scene's always been seemingly a constant here, for sure. I think it's it's a lot easier sometimes for the punk to survive because it, it doesn't need as much. It's not as needy. You don't need a whole lot. You just need a room that you can fit 30 people in and a speaker and you're good. You can have a punk show. Yeah, totally. Totally. Your uh, your audio's um getting broken up a little bit on me now. Sorry about that. How are we doing now? Are mm-hmm. We okay? S- seemingly okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you 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 yeah. you crackled a couple of times throughout the course of the conversation. I have a feeling it's just inevitable. Okay. It's all no good. Problem. But okay. I think that it is if you see me if you see me going like this, that's whenever it's happening. Okay. <laughs> like, trying to really concentrate to, to to pick out what you're saying. Noted. I think it's really interesting to hear stories like what you're talking about and realize how much things just haven't changed. You know, we can talk about bands that were really good that just didn't play out a whole lot and they get forgotten about. That still happens today. Uh, Venues that some drama happens and all of a sudden nobody wants to go there. That still happens today. You know, from your 31st Street pub to... Uh, a gooskies to a howlers or whatever like every it's it it's mm-hmm. it's so interesting uh that it just feels like the the structures of a underground music scene regardless of how evolved everything else has become and the social media and new venues popping up and new bands it's still the same shit does it feel the yeah. same? Like, does it feel like it's really changed? A lot of people like to say the things were different back in the day. Does it feel different to you as somebody that lived through it? Um, not particularly, but I wasn't as um integrated in that that scene. So, as, as they say on on the you know event pages for the secret shows, ask a punk. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll defer. so as we wrap up our hour here i want to thank you for taking the time to chat with me i would have liked to have done this in person i would have liked to have had a a conversation that wasn't so uh apocalyptic feeling in in some ways (laughs) But we're able to make it happen. That's one thing that's really cool. That's one thing that has certainly changed. If uh, if this was happening in 1989, we certainly couldn't have been doing this right now. Yeah, we could just do it over the phone and somehow record it. I'm sure there was a way. Uh-huh. 
However, they did that. I mean, they did. <laughs> wasn't that wasn't that how Watergate <laughs> happened? Wasn't it just a bunch of recorded phone calls? <laughs> Well, that's yeah, the first thing I think of when it comes to recorded phone calls. But anyways, uh, yeah, so don't know. It was good to see you. It was great to see you. Great to chat yeah. with you. I don't know when we're going to get to see each other in person. I don't know when things are going to be available to do in the real world. But one thing that people can do right now that they're on their Internet device is they could check out the new Victims of Contagion song. That's over on the Victims of Contagion Bandcamp page. I don't know if it you is. have it anywhere else. It's definitely on the Bandcamp page. Is it on the Spotify's can, and everything? It's on Spotify, I'm fairly certain. Yeah. The Molasses Barge album is on Spotify and probably all the streaming services. And it's on Bandcamp. Pre-order for the physical copies. There are labels in Italy, so... Okay. It's, it's uh, the epicenter there. So when You're, they get here, they get here. The audio just cut out as you were giving your molasses barge plug, which is perfect. But I think <laughs> I think that I made out that uh you have the new album that's coming out and physical copies are gonna be coming, but they are delayed because of our situation. Was that basically what you said? Correct. Okay. That is correct, sir. <laughs> yes. Cool. Um well, aside from that, I think I'm just going to do my outro and then we will uh, we'll wrap up. I'm not just going to hang up on you. I'll, I'll say a, a proper goodbye post recording, but uh, let's do one for Okey the dokey. people. And okay. that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. One more time. Justin Gizzy, Victims of Contagion, Molasses Barge, Earns, Uber, Lyft. I don't know. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I'll be back again in a couple days with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2020. Whoop, whoop. Thanks for listening.